1: Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America, helping people grow. Tractor Zoom, delivering insights, and Dry Shod Boots, the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois. And Chip, we had a pretty uh, exciting report come out yesterday that had uh, a lot of shockers in it that uh, people weren't necessarily anticipating. And uh, one thing I would like to put out, point out there. You did a kind of an in-house survey of your customers and came up with about 174 on the, on the corn yield. And lo and behold, they were at, what, 175 and 0.8 or something like that when they, when they came out with that new estimated yield. So there's um, looks like there might be, based on what you've done in-house there, there could be uh, that January report could be a bushel, bushel half off of what, what we see so far. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, as a lot of guys were
0: finishing up or, or still finishing up here, you know, just this week and in, in parts of uh, the Eastern Corn Belt, that's a pretty common, um, you know, occurrence is they say, yeah, my, my last few fields is kind of tailed off at the end. And, um, you know, it, it, it looks maybe a touch worse than what I even thought. I, I've heard that um, since we did that survey. We've been doing that for a few years, um, several times a fall to try to get a feel um, uh, for, you know, what people are seeing. And, um, I think the double whammy is not only did we see the the drop in, in yields um, on corn, you know, from 178.4 down to 175.8, but we also saw a huge jump higher in, uh, in demand, particularly the, the export side. And so our total carryout dropped 465 million bushels, yeah. um, in, in just one month here, between the drop in yield and the increase in demand on corn to uh, 1.702 billion, 11.5% stocks to use. So it's mind boggling. You know, I mean, if you think back three months ago, um, you know, the market was thinking we would have potentially a 4 billion bushel carryout. Right. And, and now we're sub 2 billion, one of the uh, tighter stocks to use ratios, um, you know, in, in recent history here. And maybe there's more yield cuts coming on the January report, um, even if it's another bushel bushel and a half to get down towards that 174 level, uh, that's still a big crop in, in the big scheme of things, but this demand is, uh, is really cranking. And it's just amazing. you know if you go back to the September stocks report, um, you know we lost uh, roughly 250 million bushels there. And then 465 million uh, swiped off the balance sheet yesterday. You know, you're talking almost a 700-plus billion bushel um, cut in the carryout between uh, the September stocks report. Yields going down, demand going up, so it really makes this thing uh, much more interesting going forward. Um, saw the same type thing happen in the beans, not as dramatic, but the yield was down um 1.2 bushels to 50.7 um everything on the demand side was really left unchanged on the beans and and so you could argue very strongly that they could raise the the demand up a little bit on future reports uh, nonetheless we're at 190 million bushel carryout 4.2 percent stocks to use ratio i believe that's the second tightest stocks to use ratio ever domestically here and, you know, obviously we know what prices have been doing, <clears throat> screaming higher, you know, up a uh, challenge in eleven and a half dollars a bushel yeah. uh, in, in uh, on the beans. And, you know, I think overnight we were uh, roughly uh, just shy of four thirty five on March corn futures. And, and now what it does is it just raises the bar even more that South America produce a big crop. And, and that bar is high. They didn't do a lot of changes. They yeah. did drop the Argentina. Uh, beans by two and a half million to fifty-one million. The the Brazil bean production was uh, left unchanged at one hundred and thirty-three million. That's a massive crop, and that bar is very very high. So it, it's it uh, it leaves the door open for disappointment, especially in Brazil. And if if those numbers start coming lower, down under one thirty into the one twenties eventually. Uh, you could be looking at, um, a real explosive bean market, uh, and corn market for that matter. Not that we haven't seen that already. So, uh, this, this report yesterday was a game changer in a lot of ways. It just, uh, it, it really, uh, it increases the significance of the South American crop over the next 75 days here and what kind of growing conditions they have. And they're already fighting dry weather and it doesn't look like, um, there's much relief, uh, in, inside. In fact, some of the forecasted rains the last 24 hours here, um, weren't very widespread in Brazil. There, there were some rains around. If you got them, uh, they certainly helped, but there's wide
1: swaths of, uh, Brazil and Argentina that are very, very dry right now. Yeah. You know, this is a, <clears throat> I, I've, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some kind of giant grain, grain guru here, but you know, the, uh, the brazilian crop always plays a big role in in what happens in the world supply and those kind of things and and this year this is like uh this is like the uh pennsylvania of uh of of the of the market right now it feels like everything is kind of hinging on what happens in in brazil and argentina and as you as you step back and take a look you see the 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 different agencies in brazil and some private firms and stuff like that that are coming out with you know every week it kind of gets a little bit of a drawback as far as what they're what they're doing, as far as how they, you know, the bean yield might go up a little bit, but they they pull back the corn yield a little bit, or the corn yield might go up the next week a little bit, and they pull back the soybean yield. So there's a lot of uncertainty right now down there, especially as they start coming into that that key growing time heading into uh, harvest, not too far down the road. Yes, and interestingly enough, uh,
0: I think some of the the corn uh, them backing off the corner a little bit is uh, due to maybe they're not going to plant quite as many acres and and, and maybe going to be a later in the window, which will nip the yield a little bit. <clears throat> um, so the, the equivalent of the uh, USDA in Brazil, typically the, the same day that we get our uh, WASDE supply and demand reports, they put out some numbers. And, and their number, actually, they went up a touch uh, yesterday uh, for the Brazilian bean crop. They're at like one thirty and change, I believe, uh, and USDA uh, stayed unchanged at 133. A little bit of a shocker, as dry as they have been, uh, but it is very early there. You know, they're still completing planning. They've kind of caught up to normal uh, a normal pace for them. They started very, very slow, but really slammed a mass. I mean, it's mind-boggling how many acres of beans they planted in a 10-day window down there. Um, and, and kind of caught back up to their average planting pace, but, uh, very, very dry. And, and that thing, um, La Nina doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. Right. And, and again, you know, I'm no, uh, weather guru, um, uh, but just from what I read and, and obviously the whole world is following along here. The, the bullseye of the, of the grain world is, uh, is South America right now. And, uh, they are really struggling with dry weather. Um, so we'll see you like you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's, uh, we're in a full blown weather market. So you're going to see some, some massive volatility. They go through a period where they start getting some better rains in those main growing areas. And, um, you know, uh, as high as we are in beans now, and as big a range days, you know, we were up to 35, almost 40 cents at one point yesterday, uh, 11 and a half dollars. You could have some massive swings here based on, uh, weather, um, and, and just one rain isn't going to fix it. They need regular rain down there through their whole growing season. So, uh, buckle up because I, you know, you could see some crazy stuff. Uh, you know, $0. eighty cent, dollar cent breaks, uh, dollar breaks in beans, and and still not have seen the highs yet. So, uh, just go back in history. The last time we were up at these levels, obviously we we're there in 2012 <clears throat> with the drought. But, um, uh, you know, you you saw some massive swings. Uh, you know, dollar swings wouldn't be out of the ordinary, uh, from these levels in the bean market and throw in all the other stuff that, you know, we talked about the other day on the, on the podcast here with, uh, you know, the election and all the legal proceedings there and, uh, COVID and shutdowns and financial market volatility and what's China going to do. They're obviously a large part of this because that demand is a largely, uh, you know, growth and demand from China. So, there's a lot of uh, outside risks as well as weather risks, and uh, but the bar's pretty high uh, for Brazil to to raise big crops, corn and beans both, and with our stocks shrinking pretty dramatically uh, in the last three months here, uh, this thing uh, really could be explosive and volatile.
1: Yep. Okay, so I want, I want your action. To this I'm reading a news story here this morning on Pro Farmer, and it was talking about, um, you know, some private analysts are, are questioning the U, uh, USDA soybeans export forecast, basically that the USDA is not truly reflecting the true export outlook. And as of right now, two months into this marketing year, we're about 81% of where the USDA um, has has expected for exports to be. Um, and, the, but they didn't really, Change the tally of exports when, when that report came out. So, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that's just a the USDA playing it safe type of thing, or do you feel like there's there's something to that?
0: Um, <clears throat> probably a combination of both. Um, historically, we we've been in this situation a couple times. You you look at a four point two percent stocks to use ratio here, right? And, and that's with a fifty point seven. Bean crop. It's not like we had a disaster out there. That's a big crop. Mm -hmm. Uh, The demand's so big. Now, A, some of it is obviously front loader. There's been such a massive amount of Chinese business from the October to, say, late January time frame here. Typically, what you would see is, uh, once South America has um, supplies of beans... Exports fall off the cliff, and you know South America and Brazil takes over. And uh oh, I mean, think they're playing a little bit safe, Uh, wondering maybe if um, we don't normalize this thing, and we've front-loaded all these exports, and then it dramatically slows into spring and summer. But but B, they don't have a lot of room to go here. And, um, you know, if they with 190 million bushel carryout, if they go up, uh, hundred million in exports, I mean, this thing is super, super tight. And so you're never going to run out, right. Um, the function of the market is to get to a high enough level that it stifles demand and, you know, we don't run out, uh, but we could get very close, uh, and theoretically on paper. You know, There's only 190 million left. Um, yeah. I believe the, ti- the tightest in history was, after the fact we, we found this out, was 92 million bushels of care. You think about, uh, we plant 83 million acres of, of beans to end up with 100 million bushels. That's cutting her pretty razor thin. And so, yeah, I think that the USDA um, is, is playing it safe a little bit. But but maybe rightfully so to see how the exports are going to hold up into the second quarter of uh, uh, of the year here. Um, you know, I should say the first and second quarter of the new year. But if they keep up, um, yeah, I mean it. It uh, it's going to be interesting. Another interesting thing is they raised. They always put out an average price. They raised it up from uh, nine eighty last month on beans to ten forty. That's an average Uh, a cash price farm price so uh, you know 60 cent bump there that compares to a year ago at 857 yeah so you know they're they're catching this but we don't have a lot of of cushion uh, on carry out and price has to do the work now so what price is that i don't know a lot of it's going to depend on the south the size of the south american crop but Mm -hmm. And you never know that until after the fact, but uh, if the exports continue to, to uh, be good and the crush pace has been very strong as well, um, you keep cutting that 190 million bushel carryout and you know you can start talking about $12 plus beans real quickly and maybe $13 plus beans. But mm-hmm. a lot of it's going to depend on the, the size of the southern, the southern
1: Hemisphere bean crop at this point. Yeah. When when was the last time you had eleven dollar beans on the board? How long has it been? Oh, I believe uh twenty thirteen.
0: Twenty thirteen. Um yeah, don't hold me to that. I don't have my charts right in front of me. <clears throat> I believe it's been twenty uh twenty thirteen was the last time.
1: Seven years. Almost eight years. Seven year so. itch. <clears throat> seven yep. year itch. Well everything goes in seven year cycles, they say, so we're we're on we're on top of that, I guess, coming out of that. One other thing I want to hit on real quick, Chip, get your feedback on this a little bit and give me your um your talk uh, idea of what's happening in, in that beef market last, yesterday. The uh uh box beef really had a had a big run, you know, looking like it was almost up fifty cents on the uh, selects and then up uh, you know, I'm sorry, not on selects, on, on the uh the selects were up almost sixty one cents. That's a pretty big jump in one day. Um taking a look at cattle prices and where that's at comparatively um what's what's driving that beef demand that that was uh so slow here coming out of covid
0: yeah i, I think uh some of it's seasonal <clears throat> okay. I, I think some of it relates to some shrinking numbers um we're kind of probably at the tail end of of some larger uh numbers of cattle that are that are market ready that supply is is shrinking a little bit um Demand has been very, very good. You know, our exports have picked up. Uh, uh, domestic demand, even, even through COVID, you know, held together really, really well. It just shifted, right, from, mm-hmm. from restaurants to more people eating at home. Uh, but that demand still stayed very, very strong. Boxed beef is on a tear, I, I, I think. And again, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Don't, don't quote me on this 100%. I think in less than two weeks, we're uh, probably $11, $12 higher on boxed beef, and um, so that bodes well for higher prices. The, the thing about yesterday uh, is though, as you see these screams higher in, in corn, that puts a little bit pressure on uh, feeder cattle. You know, the old saying, uh, a feeder cattle uh, is, is just walking corn. Obviously it's the major, uh, the major cost input of, of feeder cattle is corn. So higher corn prices, pressure feeder cattle, um, that maybe held us back a little bit yesterday. But the anticipation is for some, you know, lower numbers um, of, of market-ready cattle, higher cash prices, the box beef is helping, but uh, we're getting a little bit of a headwind from these higher corn prices in here, uh, in the, in, you know, in the way of the, the feeder cattle market, holding the, the live cattle market back a little bit. But I think things look good out into, uh, you know, the end of the year and, and maybe the first quarter. Uh, winter weather, obviously, is, is always a big influence uh, with that. And, and so as we get into December, January, February, that's going to be closely watched, too. Uh, that can, you know, greatly affect performance and, and, uh, and, and weight gain and, uh, you know, the amount of uh, uh, cattle that are um, ready can kind of create some holes. So weather is going to be pretty closely watched uh, here pretty quickly uh, when the snow starts flying. And uh, things, I think, look <clears throat> pretty good from an uh, entire, you know, meat protein perspective, even the hog side. We've seen a little bit of pressure here uh, recently, but again, that's because of uh, some bigger numbers coming. That should tighten up once we get into the first of the year uh, and springtime. And, um, you know, right now, we just got the wind at at our backs in commodities in general, but certainly the ag side, uh, the dollars come down off its highs and just kind of in this inflationary type environment right now. Yeah. shrinking stocks on the grains great demand uh la niña causing maybe some some hiccups in the southern hemisphere and so uh things are are uh, cranking along pretty nicely which is a 180 degree turn from what it looked like uh four months ago it, it looked pretty bleak and and things can change and, and that's just we talk about this all the time but you know it just goes to, to show you got you gotta have a plan because the good times uh, can can change pretty quickly, as well, and and you can't just get stick your your head in the sand and just get super bold up here, thinking we're going to fourteen dollar beans and you know five and a half dollar corn and everything's great. You you got to have a plan and execute on it because things change so rapidly in today's day and age. It it's mind
1: boggling. Yep, that's true. That is very true. So. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on out there, Chip. So if folks wanted to uh, reach you and get more information about what Blue Reef can do, what's the, uh, what's the best way they can do that?
0: Well, the best way, is just uh, give us a call, 309-550-7213. That's our main office number. Uh, we also have a website, uh, www.bluereefinc.com. And uh, that tells a lot about our company and uh, all the people and uh, the team involved. So uh, either way, we'd love to chat with you and uh, see what uh, what we might be able to do to help uh, increase your profitability and uh, zero in and
1: execute better on your risk management plan. Right on. Well, on today's Veterans Day, so make sure if you see a veteran, you thank them for their service. And, and uh, I thank all those guys out there working hard every day to make things happen. So... With that, Absolutely. Casey, yep. uh, I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I will uh, post my latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast out there as well as any blog posts that get posted. I also uh, want you to check out movingironloc.com for the latest information about the Moving Iron Summit. And that's uh, Nashville, Tennessee, January 20th through 22nd. Also check out the Global Ag Network and the great podcasters out there as well. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. That's going to be some iron, folks. Out.
0: Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find a scene.